Today's selection is going to be Banana Kush, courtesy of the homie Teddy. Shouts out to my boy Teddy. Um, dude definitely knows what he's doing because these fucking terps are popping in this strain. God, they're crazy. The high is amazing. Very calming, very relaxing, with a nice euphoric finish. Uh, what you expect out of a good indica, basically. And this is a very strong indica. Um, so, yeah, if you ever find good banana kush, get that shit immediately, and you will not be disappointed. I'm telling you right now, this shit is delicious. Um, so, yeah, this should have given you enough time to load your bowls, you lazy jerks. <laughs> so, let's, let's tote this shit. So smooth, like I'm eating bananas, baby. Oh, man, that is so nice. Then wash it down with my, my fruit smoothie. And it's just like fruits are just taking over my mouth and just, ooh. I'm getting all the terps and all the fruit flavors and everything just engulfing the flavors of my mouth. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> oh, man, such an amazing strain. Uh, I, just, I, I need to get some clones of this shit and grow some of my damn self. Speaking of, I will be having some of my own stuff here in a few weeks, and I will give you guys a nice review of my weed because I don't know what strains I grew. I just grew mystery shit. But I know it's coming out amazing. Uh, just beautiful buds. I will update you guys on that um, in a few weeks on how that goes. Probably about four weeks on my indica plant, about six weeks on my sativa plant. Uh, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. Who knows? I'll uh, I'll figure it out once I start looking at those uh, those crystals on the buds. Make sure they get that nice amber coating on them you don't want them to be clear you want a little amber a little uh not as translucent anymore um anyways i digress let's talk let's let's talk some true crime gang gang let's talk uh so we'll start at the uh of course the beginning of this piece of shit's life um and we'll, we won't go too far into his life and not there's not a lot of details that have been given out about his past um he didn't talk to any reporters he didn't try to like gain infamy for his crimes or any of that shit so not a lot of information is really out on this guy but i will give you what i have on him so far and uh we'll go from there <laughs> uh so ronald gene simmons was born on july 15 1940 in chicago illinois chi town uh to loretta and william simmons on January 31st, 1943, when uh, Ronald Gene Simmons was only two, uh, his father, William Simmons, died of a stroke, and within a year, Simmons' mother had remarried uh, to a guy named William D. Griffin. So this was in a time that it might seem like, oh, man, damn, she remarried really quick. This was in a time that, you know, single women... Uh, there wasn't a lot of single mothers and stuff like that. The uh, women women would have a man by their side a lot of times. You know, they of course in this time you have men going to war, a lot of men dying. Just you know, it was at that time uh, the draft and everything was going on. So I mean, it wasn't unlikely for a woman to be single for a little bit, but usually once the husband passed away. They moved on pretty fast. Um, so, yeah, she remarried to another William. I guess she liked Williams, uh, William D. Griffin. And he was a civil engineer for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. Very successful man. Uh, and um, he, he was a pretty strict, not, not, not like super strict, but, you know, a strict guy. He was a military guy. Uh, in 1946, the corps moved Griffin to Little Rock, Arkansas. Little Rock, Arkansas. Ugh, that sucks. 
the first of several transfers that would take the family across central Arkansas over the next decade. Man, that sucks to just be taken to Arkansas. <laughs> it's like of all the fucking places you could send me, you sending me to fucking Arkansas? God damn it. <laughs> uh, on September 15th, 1957, Simmons then said, fuck this shit, I'm done with school. And he decided to follow the path of his stepfather. And he joined, uh, not the Army, but he joined the U.S. Navy. And was first stationed at Naval Station Remington uh, in Washington State, where he met a young lady by the name of Bersabi. Uh, I think it's Bersabi, Bersabi, maybe. Uh, it's a really hard fucking name to say. Bersabi, <laughs> uh, Bersabi, Rebecca uh, Ulabadi. Uh, she went by Becky, um, maybe because, you know, Bersabi was a weird name. <laughs> and, you know, Becky or Rebecca was a little easier. Uh, and he met her. They fell for each other really quick, and he married her very, very, very soon after uh, meeting her, two years after meeting her, in July 9th, 1960. Uh, over the next 18 years, uh, these two would go on to have seven children. Uh, this was also in a time that people were popping out fucking kids like it was candy. It was crazy, man. People just, like, ask your parents how many fucking brothers and sisters they had. They probably got ten. It's fucking crazy how people... <laughs> We're just fucking, it's way different now. <laughs> Motherfuckers are like, two, and I'm done. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Um, in 1963, Simmons left the Navy, and approximately two years later, he then joined another branch, the U.S. Air Force. Uh, I guess he was done with the water, and he wanted to go to the air. Uh, during his 20-year military career, uh, this guy actually was a damn good military man. He uh, he got a lot of fucking awards. He was awarded the Bronze Star Medal, the Republic of Vietnam Gallantry Cross for his service as an airman, uh, and the Air Force Ribbon for excellent marksmanship. Uh, Simmons retired from the Air Force and military service on November 30th, 1979. Uh, with the rank of Master Sergeant. Uh, so, yeah, he had quite the decorated military career. He's a great military man by all accords. Uh, he had a great combat history, combat experience, a hell of a service record. So you can imagine how the, you know, how surprised the military and the country will be after he's done with his service. Because, yeah. This is when the shit starts. When he left the service is when shit kind of turns a little dark, as you would say. Um, but many believe the military, you know, gave him stability to kind of like keep him, you know, level and not doing crazy shit uh, and committing crimes. But other experts point that, you know, the amount of violence and the amount of rape that was going on in Vietnam War was, you know, extremely high. So that may be where Simmons got his start with the whole pedophilia and murder. And it's not a far stretch of imagination to think that, you know, Vietnam was full of horrific atrocities committed by U.S. soldiers. So, I mean, yeah, that's that's a high possibility of, of being what the case is. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> shit gets bad now. So on uh, April 3rd, 1981, Simmons was being investigated in Cloudcroft, New Mexico, the Department of Human Services, for allegations that he had fathered a child with his 17-year-old daughter, Sheila, whom he had been sexually abusing for years. Uh, and... Like I said, they think that he was sexually abusing her before he retired from the military. Um, by all accounts, it seems like that is the case, but nothing's been definitively like set in stone that that is the case. But, I mean, you can 
one plus one. Come on, guys. I mean, you can pretty much figure it out. He was probably abusing her back in those days. And like I said, he probably started that shit in the Vietnam War. And he just brought that shit home with him. And he took it to the next level by doing it to his his uh, his own. Uh, so so now he's he's under the watchful eye and the cops are looking for him they're like okay we're gonna we're gonna talk to you about some things sir so you know the cops are like all right let's go talk to him so they get there and yeah he's gone (laughs) he said fuck that i'm going to jail if they come in this motherfucker so of course fearing arrest he fled new mexico in late 1981 with his family uh first he went to a little town called ward arkansas which i imagine is a good place to hide out doesn't sound like a place that uh, a lot of people are going to be visiting or you know checking out and uh you know not a hot 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 town to check out (laughs) um and then he moved to dover arkansas eventually and settled there in pope county in the summer of 1983 uh, the family, uh, well, he and the family, uh, ended up buying a residence on a 13-acre plot, which is a lot of fucking acres, and it was the largest property in the uh, in the town at the time, and it was, uh, you know, just a massive fucking piece of land, and he became it became known as Mockingbird Hill. The residence was constructed of two older models, uh, well, trailer park mobile homes uh, joined together to form one large one. Um, But, you know, he just basically, he like super glued that shit and was like, all right, done, because this shit was, it was terrible. It was terrible conditions. (laughs) This this is not a place where you raise a family in any means or... (laughs) It was disgusting. So it didn't have uh, it didn't have a telephone, uh, didn't have barely any electricity, and it didn't have any indoor plumbing. So you know you can imagine you know they have outhouses, you know, but in outhouses that's you know in the eighties it wasn't that you know popular anymore. People had fucking plumbing at that time. We didn't need outhouses anymore, guys. <laughs> it's disgusting. <laughs> so fucking disgusting uh and he also um built a little makeshift privacy fence um around the house to kind of give himself a little you know a little privacy because he was a sick piece of shit and he needed to uh have some privacy to do his sick deeds because this is at this whole time he's doing the sick deeds that you guys could imagine yeah, more incest and more pedophilia. So while he was living in this town, of course he had to, you know, lay low because he didn't know this, but he found out that the FBI had put him on a list. Basically, he couldn't go anywhere and if he got caught doing any crime, he would immediately get the FBI would immediately get alerted and he would be fucked. So he, of course, was like, okay, I got to lay low. And the only way to lay low is, you know, do cash jobs and little, you know, side hustles and shit like that. So he did a lot of, you know, just shitty little low-paying jobs in, in a nearby town called Russellville, Arkansas, that had a lot more, like, farming and stuff like that. So he made a couple, you know, a couple bucks, but nothing to sustain a family of fucking eight, you know, or nine, excuse me. Um, so he then got a job that was, you know, a decent, you know, actual job, (laughs) excuse me, at a Woodline Mortar Freight, but he would then quit his position as accounts, uh, accounts receivable clerk there, uh, after numerous reports of inappropriate sexual advances. And he then went to work at Sinclair Mini Mart for approximately a year. Uh, before quitting there on December 18th, 1987, because he saw the walls crumbling down. The reports of the sexual advances had been um, 
had basically been elevated. And basically the cops needed to talk to him. And he was in trouble at this point because he knew if the cops talked to him, the possibility of the FBI getting alerted would, yeah, it'd be, it happened. So now it takes the darkest turn possible, unfortunately. Um, so, Bubba, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? This dog is annoying the shit out of me. Um, hey, leave me alone. Stop licking me, you jerk. <laughs> Quit being weird. You're so weird. Why are you weird? Such a weirdo. <laughs> uh, <all right>. <laughs> um, <laughs> Bubba, you, why, why are you being such a weirdo? Just sit down. <laughs> I uh, can't wait for you, brother, to get here this week. Oh, man. So, if you remember my first March Madness subject, Stephen Plato, then you were you remember why he did what he did. Um, this this Simmons fellow, he took a similar path, but he took it a step up, um, a little further. And he did, this was before Stephen Plato. I don't want you guys to think this was like he did this after Stephen Plato. No, this was way before Stephen Plato. Um, This was actually, this was the year I was born. Um, Yeah, the year I was born, I was about two months old when this this, uh, terrible crime was was committed. Um, So shortly before Christmas 1987, um... Simmons decided that, you know, he was going to kill all the members of his family. Um, what made him do this? He he saw the walls crumbling, basically. He, he knew it was over. He knew the police were going to grab him. He knew that the DNA test would, res- well, I don't even know if they had DNA tests. But he knew that, you know, his daughters were going to say, oh, yeah, he did this. And uh, he was a very controlling piece of shit. So he lost control of his, he, he knew he was going to lose control of his family. And uh, that didn't sit well with this psychotic piece of shit. Um, so yeah, he, yeah, this is, he just decided, fuck it. He's going to kill him. Which is something that you should never think. Um, yeah, ever. There's no circumstances that, uh, Killing your whole family is um, ever a thought that should cross your mind. Uh, if it is, seek help or shoot yourself in the head. Well, either one. I don't know. <laughs> if you're ever thinking about killing your whole family, that's just, yeah, you took it. You're going too far. So on the morning of December 22nd, shit got real. So he first killed his wife, Rebecca, and his eldest son, Gene by shooting them with a 22 caliber pistol uh, as they, you know, walked into the house. And then he killed his three-year-old granddaughter, Barbara, that was with them, uh, by strangulation. Which is just... To just... To choke a three-year-old to death is... Man, that just... To choke someone to death is, I'm, I'm like, you guys see it in movies and it's like, oh, wow, that was bad. No, 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 it's, it's, it's way worse. It takes, it takes time. Um, even when you break the neck, it still takes time. So, I mean, the brutality of killing a three-year-old and it's your grandchild. It's like, man. So... A couple of days before uh, before this actually happened, his plan, you know, he had his plan in mind. He had the kids all dig a cesspit in the backyard. So he then dumped those three bodies into that pit that the kids had dug. That was what the pit was for. He had plans to put the bodies in pits. Uh, Simmons then waited for his other children to return to the house. And after their arrival, he told them that he had presents for them. Uh, And he 
you know, he wanted to give it to them one at a time, kind of just have it more personal. Um, of course, they're your kids, so they're going to believe you. They're going to be like, oh, okay, yeah, dad, dad's surprising us with some, some gifts. Cool. Dope. Let's, let's fucking, he's trying to make up for being a piece of shit, maybe. All right, let's go. So he said, all right, come to the backyard. I'll give you guys all your gifts one by one. So first was his uh, his 17-year-old daughter, Loretta, whom he had, you know, just strangled and then held underwater in a rain barrel. Once again, very personal, very brutal to strangle someone, to take the life of someone by strangling it out of them is just... And then fucking drown them. It's like, man, what the fuck? So then his three other children, Eddie, uh, Marianne, and Becky, were all killed the same way. Come to the backyard, strangle, drown, dump in the cesspit. And it was just process of elimination, just one by one. So around midday on December 26th, the remaining family members of the uh the remember uh excuse me the remaining members of the family arrived for their christmas visit because it's christmas of course so i mean you know you're going to go visit your family so as they arrived they too met the horrible fate uh the first to be killed was simmons son billy and his wife renata uh who were both shot dead immediately as they came into the house. Uh, he then strangled and drowned their 20-month-old son. 20-month-old. I mean, just a, a baby baby. <sighs> and once again, the per- just... Oh, man. The strangling and drowning is just... It's so extreme. It's like... Strangling them wasn't enough. And yet, you had to taking it up a notch and drown him. Uh, Simmons then shot and killed his eldest daughter, uh, Sheila, the one that he was sexually abusing and had a baby with. Um, He shot her and her husband, uh, Dennis McNulty, uh, in the same manner as he shot Billy and Renata. Uh, Simmons then strangled his child, uh, strangled his own child that he fathered with Sheila, um, seven-year-old Sylvia Gale, which once again, is just taking it up another notch. It's your child and grandchild, which is just really sick. Uh, and then finally his 21 month old grandson, Michael, which Sylvia or excuse me, Sheila and Dennis had together. So once again, another baby baby that he fucking strangling just. And the fact that he shot some of them and strangled the ones that he strangled, I feel like he just he wanted to do more. He wanted it to be more personal for some reason. I don't know why, but like I said, he's pure evil to me. Um, Jesus. It's just so cruel. So, Simmons then laid the bodies of his whole family in neat rows in the lounge and all the corpses were then covered with coats except that of Sheila, uh, who was covered by Rebecca Simmons' best tablecloth and I don't know why the fuck he did that, but just like I said, psycho. Um, the bodies of his two grandsons were wrapped in plastic sheeting and left in abandoned cars at the end of the lane. Like I said, he's just really, really fucking sick. Um, after the murders, Simmons was chill. He just fucking went for a drink at the local bar and was just sipping brews, hanging out while his whole family lay dead at the house. And then he just returned to the house, and he just fucking chilled with bodies just around him, just chilling with the bodies. 
and he just spent the rest of the you know rest of the evening and the following day just drinking beer and watching TVs with a family of dead bodies around him, just chilling with them. Um, like I said, complete psycho uh, to the next level, pure evil. Um, so yeah, he just was just chilling all the way till the 28th of December. And on that morning, Simmons then said, oh, you know what? I got more shit to do. I got more killing to do. I got more enemies on my list. So he then drove to Russellville, walked into the law office, and killed the receptionist, a young woman named Kathy Kendrick. And then, uh, you know, he, he just kept killing. But Kathy Kendrick was an interesting one. Um, you remember that whole thing that I told you about Simmons harassing women at work and, you know, fondling and he got in trouble with one job and got fired? Well, yeah, he apparently went after Kathy Kendrick and he was quite infatuated with her, but she rejected him because, you know, he was, you know, a sick piece of shit <laughs> and you know he was not an attractive fella he wasn't a good-looking guy and I bet he was weird as shit so Kathy did the right thing but that pissed him off so he just went and fucking killed her because of that so yeah he was just mad basically that he got rejected uh, he then next went to the oil company office that he had worked at as well uh, where he shot dead a man named JD Chaffin uh, he didn't know JD, um, at all. He just found a guy there and shot him. And then he wounded the owner of the company, Rusty Taylor. And then he drove to a convenience store where he had also previously worked. And then he shot and wounded two more people there for no reason. He just went to that store and sh these people had nothing to do with anything. He just was pissed because that's where he worked at and he lost his job and he was just a, a vindictive piece of fucking shit. Yeah, just a psycho. So then he went to another place that he'd worked at, good old Woodline Motor Freight Company, where he then shot and wounded another woman that worked there. Um, yeah, I mean, the dude just was going to former workplaces that did nothing to him, by the way. He was a piece of shit at those workplaces. <laughs> like, they, it wasn't like they were targeting him or, like, bullying the guy or, you know, he had some kind of reason to be mad at these people. He had no reason. He just was just shooting people there because he worked there and it didn't work out. Like, just a piece of shit. So Simmons then simply sat in the office after doing all of this and chatted with one of the secretaries that was working there. He didn't shoot her. He just sat with her and talked, and he just waited for the police, because, of course, the police were called at this time, and he just chilled. Uh, like I said, psycho, completely psycho. And he, he just waited for the cops, and when they arrived, he just handed them the gun and was like, all right, here you go. Take me in. He didn't care. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't give a shit about getting arrested he just wanted to get rid of certain people and do enough damage and then he was he was good that was uh that was his motive i guess oh man that damn shit so good uh so his victims uh are totaled at 16 um 14 family members and then two, you know, non-family members. And they were listed as Ronald Gene Simmons, his son. Uh, Ronald Gene Simmons, excuse me, Jr., his son, age 29, died from a gunshot. Uh, uh, Barb, uh, God damn her name, Brasabi, Brasabi. <laughs> I'm just going to say Becca. All right, Be Becca or Becky, excuse me, Becky Simmons, his wife. Uh, age 46, was die, uh, died from a gunshot. His granddaughter, Barbara Simmons, uh, three, died from strangulation. His uh, daughter, Loretta Simmons, died from strangulation. Uh, his son, 14, died from strangulation. 
Marianne Simmons, his, his uh, daughter, age 11, died of strangulation. Uh, Rebecca Becky Simmons, his daughter, age 8, died of strangulation. Williams Billy, William Billy Simmons, his other son, 22, died of a gunshot. Renata Simmons, his daughter-in-law, William Simmons, his uh, son, wife, 21, died from a gunshot. William H. Trey Simmons III, uh, his uh, William Simmons son, 20-month-old baby, died of drowning. Uh, he was strangled as well. Sheila Simmons McNulty, his daughter, age 24, died of a gunshot. Dennis McNulty, his son-in-law, age 33, died of a gunshot. Sylvia Gale McNulty, his daughter and granddaughter, age 6, died of strangulation. Michael McNulty, his grandson, uh, also Sheila's other son, 21-month-old uh, uh, baby, died of strangulation. Uh, Kathleen Kathy Kendrick, age 24, the young lady that he harassed and tried to accost and she rejected immediately. Age 24, died of a gunshot. Excuse me. And James David uh, Chaffin, age 33, who was just a stranger that worked at a place that he worked at and he decided to terrorize, uh, died of a gunshot as well. That was his last victim. He did wound other victims, but those are the victims that he killed. Uh, unfortunately for the podcast, but fortunate for the surviving members of the community where, you know, all these crimes happened. Like I said, he didn't fight shit. He didn't fight any of the charges or even really care to try to, oops, excuse me, try to defend or, oh shit, drop my bowl. Uh, you know, try to defend or justify anything. He just straight up admitted to all his crimes and offered no remorse and just took his punishment as they saw fit. And I'm glad that, you know, Arkansas decided to do what they did because um, this guy deserved nothing but the worst. He was a piece of shit. Fuck this guy. So he was charged with 16 counts of murder. Um, but he was only taken to trial for 14 counts of the, uh, murder because two of those counts were in a different county. And that county was like, um, he's been charged with the 14 counts of murder and found guilty. So we're just not going to take this other one to trial and waste, you know, taxpayer money, put people through more crime shit. We're just going to go ahead and save those other two and just say, yeah, he did it, but. We're not going to go to trial for it because he got sentenced to fucking death for the 14 counts. So no reason to draw it all out and take people to court and take those families and have to relive all that bullshit. No reason for that. So I agree with that. There was no reason to go to trial for those other two because we know he did it. He admitted he did it. He just didn't go to trial for it. That was that was the only thing, but he got his just punishment. No reason to waste money and time. Not mean. So Oh yeah. Ooh. 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 Oh bye. That second hit tasted even better. <laughs> <coughs> Whoa. <coughs> mm. That one got me. All right. Let my vision correct. <laughs> oh, man. <coughs> Ooh. So. <laughs> so he refused to appeal his death sentence uh and that you know had people you know call for call for you know you know things like oh maybe he's not mentally stable and maybe he is crazy and blah 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 and it was like 
No, 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 no. Fuck all that noise. And also to go further, like I said, dude didn't fight shit. He wanted to die. And everyone else wanted him to die. So they made sure that they made it known. And uh, the judge stated, to those who, uh, or, or excuse me, not the judge, but um, uh, Simmons then stated to the court after saying, no, 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 I'm not crazy. I just don't want to fucking appeal this shit. I want to die. Let's get this shit over with. And in the court, he stated, and when the guy that wants to die states something like this, yeah, um, to those, quote, to those who oppose the death penalty, in my particular case, anything short of death would be cruel and unusual punishment, end quote. And I couldn't agree more. That statement, this says that he he knows he's he's not crazy. That statement alone is all you needed. And it was like, yeah, that... A hundred percent agree. I mean, it would be cruel and unusual to the fucking the families that have to know that you're still alive in prison. So yeah, killing you is the only punishment that is just. <laughs> Completely agree. So uh, the prosecutor, John Bynum, successfully you know prosecuted the case, and Simmons was first tried for those Russellville crimes, um, and the jury convicted him of the capital murder and sentenced him to death. Uh, he also made an additional statement as well under oath supporting his sentence. <laughs> this is a funny little quote from him. Uh, I, Ronald G. Simmons Sr., want it to be known that is my wish and my desire to absolutely, uh, that absolutely no action by anybody be taken to appeal or in any way change this sentence. It is further it is further respectfully requested that this sentence be carried out expeditiously, motherfucker. <laughs> uh, he didn't say the motherfucker part, but he did say he wants it to be carried out expeditiously. Um, and I just find that statement so great because it's like um, I not only don't want you guys to try to do anything to fight my charges, I want you guys to hurry up and fucking kill me ASAP. Um, and sir, this is when I can say, yes, you did the right thing, sir. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. But of course, you know, there's always assholes out there. So the trial court conducted a hearing concerning Simmons' competence, of course, uh, because people were calling for it. And because, you know, most people don't say, kill me, come on, fucking kill me, hurry up. So they had to do the competency hearing uh, to waive, you know, further proceedings. And it concluded that, you know, this dude is fucking smart and he is knowing of all his actions. So, yeah, he is competent and uh, sane. Death. <laughs> so Simmons, fucking I hate this part. So Simmons became the subject of uh, the United States Supreme Court case Whitmore versus Arkansas. When another death row inmate, Jonas Whitmore, attempted unsuccessfully to force an appeal of Simmons' case. Which is like, bro, don't try to fucking save this dude. Do you know what his crimes are? It's like, Jonas, what the fuck are you trying to save this dude for? Fuck this guy. Fuck appealing shit for him. But, thank God, uh, no one gave a shit about this Jonas motherfucker. You're on death row, bitch. No one's listening to you. <laughs> So yeah, they that shit failed like a motherfucker. <laughs> they didn't even entertain that shit. But it was like, man, you wasted people's time, man. Let this nigga die. <laughs> so, mm, mm, got a little seed in my mouth. Uh, so while on death row, Simmons had to be separated from other prisoners as his life was threatened constantly. Um, I know y'all probably know about, uh, probably think it was because he was a pedophile. And he killed babies and kids. So, you know, people were like, you piece of shit. You are a baby killer and a pedo. We are going to beat the shit out of you. Which is, he's on death row, which is, how the fuck do I even get to this nigga? <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but that wasn't the case. That was not why they wanted to beat the shit out of this dude and fuck him up all the time. 
this time around, it was because he just refused to repeal his or to appeal his death sentence. So other prisoners believed that because he didn't appeal his death sentence, they were they, that he was somehow damaging their chances of beating their death sentences, which is like, no, nigga, they, I don't have any effect on your cases. <laughs> I'm just choosing to die because I don't want to waste time. How the fuck is my shit going to affect your shit? <laughs> just beat his ass because he's a pedo, guys. Come on. Don't. Don't beat his ass because he's not affecting your cases. Y'all are going to probably die. It's Arkansas. They they killed people a lot back then. Um, Bill Clinton didn't fuck around. He signed a lot of death warrants. <laughs> um, so on uh, May 31st, uh, Arkansas governor at the time, Mr. Bill Clinton, signed Simmons' execution warrant. And on June 25th, 1990, it was executed. Uh, it was executed, and he was executed. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> uh, and he died by the method uh, he had chosen, which is like you don't get to choose how you die. Fuck you. We're gonna choose. We're gonna we're gonna stick a fucking tube up your ass and just fill you up with hot liquid. That's how you're gonna die. Fuck you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm fucking cruel for pieces of shit. I don't care. Uh, so none of his surviving relatives would ever claim the body. I can't imagine why. Huh. Hmm. I can't imagine why they wouldn't. And, uh, he was buried in Potter's Field where all the unclaimed pieces of shit were buried. Uh, or unclaimed bodies. Not just pieces of shit. I, I shouldn't say that. But pieces of shit were buried there too that people didn't want to claim. Uh, and you know... Honestly, he didn't deserve a burial. He shouldn't have even gotten the burial. They should have fed him to the fucking pigs and just shot him in the fucking face while he was dead. Even though he was dead, just target practice with him and then take the bullets out and let the pigs eat it all up, man. You know, you could have had some nice cannibal pigs tear his ass up. And just do that with the rest of the fucking pieces of shit on death row. If anybody had anything to do with the killing of any children, raping of any children or women, just just go ahead and just feed them to the pigs. They don't deserve any any semblance of uh of of human rights or uh, justification of of any kind of uh, of uh, empathy. You know, fuck them. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, Tokers, that uh. That's that's a wrap for March Madness, even though it's April 1st. <laughs> and this guy may be the maddest of them all, honestly, because of just how nonchalant he was <clears throat> with his crimes and uh, his subsequent punishment. And he li he literally fits, like I said, the description of pure evil. But it, it, it just shows that, um, yeah, there's just some sick motherfuckers out there. And March Madness just is a, that was just like the little that was like point oh 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 one percent of the the mad motherfuckers that are out there too. Uh, I'm gonna don't worry, I'll cover plenty of them throughout the throughout the year and next year and next year after, and I'll cover a lot of mad motherfuckers. But these are the ones I just picked out because I just thought, damn, these motherfuckers really stand out and they're really sick. And they just take shit to the next level. They don't just commit one thing. They do multiple crimes of just sick shit. And from Stephen Plato to the, the, the five pieces of shit that snuff Shannon and, and Christopher's lives to this fucking piece of shit. Oh, uh, Ronald Gene Simmons. I mean, <clears throat> the madness just never, never stops, I guess, uh, ever. And uh, unfortunately for human beings, that's the case. But uh, fortunate for you crazy people that like hearing about it, it's uh, something I like to talk about, unfortunately, for some and fortunate for some. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it, it's it's going to get a little more lighthearted, though. You know, it's it's the start of April Fool's, guys. So. This month, we will be going over the dumbest criminals and victims 
Okay. This is going to be more of a, you know, laughs and comedy type of month. And, you know, we're going to get away from the dark, sick shit for just a little bit, you know. Um, and, you know, we're, we're, we'll get a little more lighthearted in our crime stories. Um, I think one of them has a little death, but it's, it's still pretty funny, I guess. Uh, I don't want to say funny. Because it does have death in it, but you know, yeah, y y you'll see, you'll see, <laughs> uh, and I'll show y'all some some incredible specimens of humans. Because yeah, people are fucking dumb. <laughs> uh, as usual, don't forget to support or donate to the show at buymeacoffee.com forward slash token talk, and make sure you subscribe to this and smoke sports sessions. Uh, hope. Everyone enjoyed this month. Uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed this month's uh, subjects. And uh, I don't know if enjoyed is the way to. Yeah, I guess eh, it's so hard to describe how you enjoy. I hope you learned. Yeah, I'm going to say I hope you learned from this month's subjects of, of sick people. Uh, yeah, I guess you got to enjoy it to listen to it too. Uh, so twisted you guys' minds <laughs> and i uh, hope you guys look forward to some light-hearted funny crimes coming up this month um yeah guys stay high gang gang be safe out there i love all y'all peace hey guys i'd like to uh also give a nice little shout out make sure you guys go check out my good friends at last call nation uh, Last Call Nation's a great merchandise brand and lifestyle brand that just promotes living the good life and also just living life to the fullest. Uh, make sure you go visit them at lastcallnation.com. Also follow them on Instagram at Last Call Nation and check them out on Facebook as well. Make sure you like their page and make sure you purchase some of that merch some pretty cool, cool stuff on there too uh, I uh, just ordered one of my shirts so I should be getting that soon and uh, yeah I'll definitely be uh, plugging them every single time guys because like I said amazing merch uh, also remember to make sure you share their page with your friends so that you know they can also live life to the fullest and just remember life is too short so grab every good time you can because you never know when it's going to be your last call. <laughs>